Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. Robert Martinez, founder and CEO of Rockstar Capital, a world-class multifamily investment and management company, shares his story from a young man in McAllen, Texas, to the owner of a company with almost a billion dollars in assets and plans for much more. So pass it back and listen up to Robert as he shares some good bull. Well, welcome back, Ags. We've got a very special episode of Aggie Growth Hacks for you today. Robert Martinez is the founder and CEO of Rockstar Capital. Um, Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for letting us learn from your wisdom and your story of growing a company from nothing into the, the amazing company it is today. Um, just can't wait to dive in and super excited. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on this. Chris and I are lucky enough to stay in and be in Aggie land, but you're not too far away. But once upon a time, we were all students here, uh, but we move away and we, we experience the real world. But we all miss being a student at AM. What do you miss most now that you are not a student on campus? Well, I'll tell you what I don't miss. I don't miss ramen. I don't miss <laughs> being poor. I don't miss not you know living on a tight budget all the time and you know, trying to make ends meet. But, you know, those are the best lessons of life, right? That's what teaches you the adversity. To be hungry. Uh, I, I miss game day. I think that was epic. I remember, you know, staying up the night before and kind of under, reading the stats and kind of saying who we were going to play against and figuring out why the point spread was, you know, was what it was. I remember uh, getting up early and, and just having a great time with everybody. We started drinking beer and we started playing games and, you know, playing playing uh, John Madden on 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 our on the PS, and then uh, just kind of playing drinking John Madden, right? So we would drink whenever it was a first down, or you'd have to down it when you scored a touchdown, and you know, th those, those were good times, right? I mean, I don't think I could incorporate that with my son, like my fifteen year old. He beats me really bad, but wow. Yeah, we, we, we had a good time. I mean, it's just you know we didn't have a lot to do, right? So we're we're playing video games and. You know, going to Aggie games on on Saturdays, or if it was great a Saturday Saturday night game, because then you really were ready to go. <laughs> if you're playing all day, the eleven o'clock games you really didn't have a chance to get to get prepped. <laughs> but the six o'clock games, wow, that was something. Uh, uh, love it. I'm like underneath the lights. Love it, love it. You know, and what's what's interesting is that you know all of these Aggie entrepreneurs, I would say probably eighty percent of them, either favorite memories or what what they miss most about it is revolving around football. We're not a football school at all, right? No, no, no. And then the Roman's so big now. My goodness. It was like forty to fifty thousand. I don't think it topped out at, at you know forty four, forty five when I was there. And what is it now? Like seventy, eighty seven. Yeah, I think it's seventy five, something like that. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So tell us a little bit about Rockstar Capital. How did you start it and and gives your origin story. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I love talking about origin story. So I'm from McAllen, Texas, which is a little border town down the valley. And mm -hmm. so first person in my family to go to college, my dad worked at Whataburger for 40 years. He ran the, the valley stores down there. My mother worked at Levi's and Hager's. And, you know, they're my first mentors. And they said, get good grades and go to school. And so that's what I did. And then you meet your university professors and they're telling you to, what an employer is looking for. And, uh, you know, be sure to start saving right away on your 401k and maxing out. So I did that. 
and uh, I worked in corporate America for the first 10 years. I graduated with an engineering degree and uh, I went in corporate sales. You know, after about 10 years, corporate America re reared its head. And what I mean by that is, is like, you work really hard as a sales guy to grow your territory, to develop it, to plant seeds, to harvest for tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, you know, your employer wants you to be capped on what you can make. I, mean, I want to make here. They want me to make here. So they would divvy up my territory or they would give it to somebody else who was just starting, who, who needed to be able to um, have some accounts to call on, some regular accounts. And, you know, that after the second or third time of that happening, I recognized that you know, it was really an epiphany moment that I didn't have control of my financial future. My employer did, which meant that he was going to mm -hmm. dictate the kind of life I'm going to have. He's going to dictate the kind of schools my kids are going to go to uh, and really when I was going to be able to retire. So because I became disenfranchised with that, I started looking around and I started traveling as a sales guy. I'm in the yeah. car all the time yeah. running to my different sales calls. And I listened to business radio a lot. You know, back in the early days, Susie Orman, you know, Ray Lucia. I remember then I heard this crazy guy in Houston um, that owned a real estate club. And I guess after about a year, two years of listening to this, I decided I'm going to show up to the club. And I paid $500 to go to this two-day boot camp on the weekend. And then I was like, wow, I came home, I told my wife, and I said, like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to be the single family king. I'm going to buy a bunch of rent houses, and this is going to supplement the income that my employer is siphoning away from me. I went on Sunday and I learned multifamily investing. Which <laughs> completely different animal. Completely, completely different, different animal. Not even the same, the same world. And once I learned that, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. This is what's going to change my life. And it did. You know, I paid $10,000 to that real estate club because what you're doing is you're paying for mentorship. You're paying for yeah. somebody else to teach yeah. you what they had to learn through trial and error. So you're paying for their roadmap, their, in this case, their financial roadmap. And I learned that, I networked, you know, having been a sales guy, I knew how to speak, I knew how to convey my story, I knew how to listen and ask the right kind of questions so that I could get the most out of that conversation, but still, you know, give 51% of the relationship to the other person so we can develop a bond. And I did that. And, you know, I, I over the next three years, a partner and I joined together and, um, we want off to buy 2,000 apartment units together the next three years using the equity from the club, using the equity from other members. And so we quit our day jobs to run our real estate full time. Uh, after about three years. How long? Yeah, that, that was three years. That was, uh, let's say that was wow. 2007, January of 07 when I joined. And by March of 2011, we had amassed 10 properties, roughly worth $100 million with uh, 2,000 units. Then... We had a falling out and a month later i started rockstar capital so i left all the bad habits and all the issues that we had in that company and i brought the good with me i brought the experience right because it's all here that's why you hear guys like gary vaynerchuk whatever they said they would like trade everything they have today to go back in time but they get to keep what they learned and so i kept what i learned when i transitioned to start rockstar capital Rockstar was a little nickname that I gave to all the employees there. Whenever they did a great job, I would say, you're such a rock star. So I started mm -hmm. that company in 2011, bought our first deal, bought another deal a year later, bought another deal a year later, became a, a national apartment owner of the year winner. And then over time, started growing with velocity. Mm -hmm. And because you're able to return a lot of equity back to people. So in other words, you developed the business plan, you bought it, you renovated it, you improved operations, you returned all their capital back and they still own the deal. Once word spreads, people want to start giving you money. And that happens. So fast I'm, forward I'm on today. some of that. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward to today in 2022, I've raised about $150 million of private capital. I've been able to purchase um, about 26, 27 apartment deals. We've sold five. 
We have another five that we're going to sell. And, you know, our portfolio value today is 600 million. I've won a second national owner of the year title, and I'm the reigning Texas independent owner of the year. So I love what I do because I've been able to change people's lives, not just for them, for generations. Because what we do, we create massive amount of valuation by running these apartment deals. So in reality, I paid $10,000 back in 07 that brought me into basically a net worth around 50, 60 million today and a portfolio uh, that's valued north of $600 million. Wow, that story and and just really kind of saying, hey, I see there's nothing wrong with working for another company, but you just have to realize the cost of that. But being an entrepreneur, it takes a very special type of person. It takes someone who's got a lot of courage and a lot of ability to deal with stress and uncertainty. And if you're willing to take that and invest in yourself and to find something, it sounds like, it sounds like you're really passionate about real estate. I mean, before you went to that seminar, did you know about real estate investing? Did you know? I mean, remember, my dad worked at Whataburger, you know? I mean, that, that's what we were from. I mean, middle-class background, nobody owned real estate other than the house my parents bought in 1980 which they still own today. And it really just took an epiphany moment. It took it took a singular moment where I got pissed off enough that my employer was monkeying with my uh, commission plan. It de-incentivized me to want to continue to stay there. I recognized that corporate America is about corporate America. I, you know, my wife and I at the time were planning that we would retire by 50 and I'm 47 today. Uh, we retired by 50 and we'd have a million dollars each in our 401k. You know, I've never heard of people actually being able to do that. It's it's a dream they promise you. You max out your 401k, but you know what? It doesn't change your situation today. Right. What can you do today to add cash flow today? What can you do today to create generational wealth for yourself? And I mean by generational wealth, money that I cannot spend that I will pass on to my children. Yeah. You know, so when I hear stories from my investors where they tell me, you help retire me from corporate America. You help put my kid to an Ivy League school that she qualified to get into, but I didn't think that I could afford, but it was my investments with you over the last 10 years that paid for them. When you hear other stories of, of how it helps somebody with a medical issue that they didn't know that, it's like being married to a third person who's contributing mm-hmm. to the pie, you know? And it took courage on my part to get going way back when, but it took courage on their part because we're so conditioned that stocks and bonds are the only investments. Are the only way to go, that's right. And maxing out your 401k, you know, you can use your IRA from that 401k from a a job you left or or a self-directed IRA and buy apartment buildings. Like apartment buildings were once reserved for the blue hairs that live in New York, that work at Blackstone, that work for these giant REITs, but it is now accessible to mainstream America. And it took that real estate club to introduce the concept to me. And in that club, you know, they're just there about replacing your income, mm-hmm. which is great. Hey, if you can replace your income and not have to get to go work in the mornings and not have to go to corporate a corporate America job, that's great. And, and you're in control of your destiny. And, and control of your destiny. I have bigger ambition. My kids were still very young at the time. You know, when I, I retired from corporate America in 2008, after only a year doing apartments, realizing, wow, I don't have to rely on that income anymore. I can do this. I can have my own schedule. I mean, I wasn't going to stay in bed. I wanted to go work because if you know that everything you do can make you more money, why would you not do it? In corporate America, it's only going to move you move that needle just a little bit. But in apartment investing, did you know a $10 rent bump on a 200-unit property is worth $400,000 in new valuation? Wow. By just wow. moving the needle by 10 bucks. If you raise wow. that single family rent house by 10 bucks, what do you get? Yeah. Another 10 yeah. bucks. 
Yeah. $120, $120 a year. Congratulations. That's it. That, that, that's it. But in the apartment world, there, there's a valuation formula that they taught me in this real estate club that I never learned at AM. I never learned from my parents or from the university professors. You know, I learned great lessons from them, but I didn't learn that lesson that would teach me financial independence by the grace of God that I, I got angry enough that I decided to change my life by spending that $10,000 in that real estate club. I mean, it was the most magical. I can't even understand what the exponential return would be today, not just on what it's done for me, but what it's been able to do for all the investors that we have. So when the pain of the current situation is more than the pain of the uncertainty or the unknown, that's when your life changed. That is so amazing. And we've heard that over and over from entrepreneurs. So Robert, I, both Chris and I have got a bunch of questions. I'm going to kick it off and, and just kind of go through and be like, I understand So as a banker, I understand one specific way of looking at the deals that, that you look at. And I also know that looking at different groups that have come, investment groups, sponsors like you, you know, everybody kind of brings their own little flavor to the table. Everybody brings their own skill set, whether that be someone that loves to nerd out on the numbers and be able to kind of understand, okay, where is their depressed value or can we do some renovations and increase the value? Maybe someone that actually goes out and just loves hunting deals and finding finding strong cash flows or looking at emerging markets of where the city is growing and finding the locations. Other people just like to stroke a check and be like, hey, I want to use my equity into it, but I don't want to get a call. I don't want anything except a check every single month in my mailbox. You obviously have a company that has to do all of those functions, but where do you specifically love? What's the part of the deal that you love? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, you know, but when I started this business, it was by myself. You know, so I did all the underwriting. I did all the property management. I did the scheduling of the renovations. I did the scheduling of the make readies, the move-ins to get them rent ready. And so having learned that process, I was able to become like a five-tool player. I never came in only doing this, or I never came in only doing that. And because I had a sales background and I have, a, you know, I understand finances to an extent, you know, I'm an engineer, so I get formulas, you know, but also being an engineer, I understand that this has to equal that, but being the sales guy, you get creative. So, <laughs> That's right. Right. And, and cause yeah. I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the 4.0, right. I had a little lower than that. And so a little bit more of a personality. And so I'm able to take what I learned and then just get creative with it. So I, I like all aspects, you know, I love here in my office, you know, when I walk around to all the departments, I ran everything from the social media, our first Facebook ad I, I ran, you know, to again, to the operations, the training, I enjoy all of it. I think today I spent the most of my time in the strategy, in where are we going? You know, when you get started in, in what I do, most guys buy the cheapest that's out there, which because it's what you can afford. So we bought a lot of workforce housing back in the day, 1970s, 1980s stuff. And then you renovate it. You increase mm -hmm. valuation by because of the rent, because you can get uh, higher rent bumps. Today, I'm in a different scale. Today, I'm in a different point in my life now where I like, it's exciting to be able to now have the scratch, the balance sheet, to be able to afford those $80 million deals. My first deals were only like 3 million bucks. Then I moved to- Which is not a bad deal. No, it's not a bad deal because that's where you are in that cycle of your life. You start there. You have to build a track record to get to your balance sheet. Your personal financial statements are wide enough, long enough that you can now afford to do a $50 million loan that's gonna get you a 70 or $80 million asset. Mm -hmm. It's those assets that BlackRock buy. It's those assets that those REITs buy. Why? Because they're safer. They're consistent. You know, during COVID, I'm 
knocking on doors to go collect rent with my teams. And they had the money because you're seeing brand new Samsung boxes out there by the dumpster. You're seeing brand new cars. They just didn't want to pay their rent because of the eviction moratorium. But when you lean that TV, when you take that, go into their apartment when they're not home and they owe rent, you take that TV, you take that PS5, you take that coffee pot, they come in and pay. Right. Yep. And that sounds aggressive, but thank God I'm, I was born in Texas. We have great landlord laws because I have a fiduciary responsibility to my investors to make sure that they get their investment and to make sure that my renters are paying for what the value that I give them. That's exactly right. You're not going and being the bad guy. It's like, look, we entered into an agreement and I hear your heart. The fact of, of, of what you got, if someone comes to you and is like, Robert, here's where it is. Let me lay it out. Let me show you my income statement. Dude, I cannot do this. I mean, you're going to find a way to work through them, but at the same time, but at the same time, it's a matter of saying, look, you know, I have, you have a responsibility to pay me just like I have a responsibility to pay the bank, to but pay that my wasn't investors. Situation. To that, that wasn't the situation during That wasn't. That wasn't. Was not the situation. No. There's brand yeah. new Samsung boxes by, by the dumpster. There's brand new keys on the coffee table. They had the money. Yeah. So again, because I, my career started in 07, I survived the great recession. That was real. There was no money. There was no government intervention. That was legit. People, it was 30 move-ins in, 30 move-outs out. It was it was just this cycle for a series and series of months and months. The COVID was manufactured. That was not the same. But here's what the lesson I learned. In my class days, which I was now beginning to expand into class A, I had mm -hmm. zero delinquency. I had less than 1% wow. because those people actually cared about their credit. They recognized mm -hmm. that they owe their rent at some point, And they recognize that if they don't pay their rent today, that's okay. But where they live next time is not going to be as nice as this. That's right. And because they're going to have an eviction on, on their record. So I enjoyed today the strategy of looking, of, of evolving. I feel today, you know, that my own team's having a hard time keep up with me because I just hit this level of self-awareness. You know, my superpower is that I'm able to continue to invest in myself uh, because I learned all of this through mentorship. So I pay mentorship today. There's a guy named Grant Cardone who I follow religiously. He and I, over the last four years, have developed a friendship now and I watch him and I pay attention. I'm constantly evolving. So I've got to get my team to evolve with me. And so I enjoy the strategic aspect on where we're going to go. You know, CEO, right? Concentrate on the goals, execute the strategy, and optimize the systems. That's what I enjoy doing today. I don't want to necessarily knock on doors today, but I have to tell them, hey, you have permission to go knock on doors. Here's the contract we have. Go get our money that belongs to us. So, Robert, what's your big, hairy, audacious goal? Because you sound like you've got some really big goals here. What is your BHAG? Yeah, for sure. Everything to me is a 10x. Right. You got to go and, and concentrate 10 times the goal, whatever you have, multiply it times 10. They said, shoot for the stars and finish at the moon. But if you shoot for the moon, you may not make it to the moon. So right now we're at $600 million in asset value. We'll be at 700 million before long. My goal is to get to a billion dollars of asset value by next year, by the end of 2023. Wow. And then over the next five to 10 years, I want to get to 4 billion and then 6 billion of real estate. Cause I want to see if a kid from McAllen, Texas, whose parents were middle income, middle class, can do it. I want to see how many people- <laughs> I don't that, think that, that there's a help. question of can you do it? It's going to be a matter think, of yeah, when. when. Well, <laughs> and, and I, I, have a, I have a duty to be successful to my family and to them, to represent them, you know, because there's not That's a lot point. of guys from, from my hometown that make it to A&M. I didn't, you know, at the time I applied, I didn't realize how difficult it was to get in. And uh, I'm very fortunate. I actually transferred it. I didn't get in the first time, you know, so I know it's difficult. 
So I just want to be able to just hit my potential today. So I shoot for these big numbers and then I reverse engineer back how I'm going to do it. I don't have the money today to be able to buy $4 billion of assets or $6 billion of assets. I'm going to have to grow that but you got to reverse engineer backwards. So that's what I, I shoot for the stars and I'm like, okay, how do I get to the year before? How do I get to the year before? And then you just work your way backwards. The tenacity of way back in the day of, of saying, okay, how do I get into A&M? That's my goal. It instilled with you the desire and the push and, and the grit to be able to do that. And then couple that with the education that you've got. I mean, this is this is such an amazing story. Well, before we roll into the lightning round, Robert, let's pause one more time for another break from this episode's sponsor. Okay, into the lightning round, super quick rules, um, super easy rules, 30 seconds or less, and we're just going to rock right through this. Robert, what is your favorite hack? This could be a personal hack, a business hack. What do you got for us? Yeah, mindset is everything to me. You've got to wake up in the morning with the right mindset. I know life hits you. You can't always do it. I listen to spiritual music first thing in the morning. I listen to two or three songs, put me in the right mood in my head, the right mood in my heart. And then I find the right business podcast. And I listen to that. And that gets me focused in the morning. And I start making calls right away. As soon as I get out of the shower, I'm on the phone with somebody. I got to get in business mode. And that helps me achieve what I need to achieve during the day. Mm-hmm. Being on this podcast, believe it or not, wakes me up. I, I love being on this right now. Like It makes me want to go and hit it a little bit more. What's the uh, favorite advice that you've ever been given and bonus points if you tell us how you applied it? Yeah, so it goes, goes back to what you guys were saying earlier, you know, making that audacious decision to change your life. So my very first mentor, right, my first adult mentor was the guy at the real estate club. And he said, what gets in the way of a great life? And it's a good life. It's that life sitting at the end of the cul-de-sac in your house, barbecuing with your buddies and accepting that and not wanting more. Well, I didn't want to live in Katy, Texas anymore. I wanted to live in River Oaks. I wanted to live in the nicer part. So what are you willing to do? So if you're willing to jump ship and, and quit that corporate job and listen to the zany guy at this real estate club who's showing you how to buy real estate, wow, I have a great life today. That's right. I'll go back to that. So Robert, you already told us who what your superpower is. So we're going to jump over that one. All right. You said you're a, a business podcast junkie. And that is part of the reason why Chris and I started this. Top three business podcasts. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, and I like uh, Brad Lee. Those three guys are strong. Nice. Love it. So I think this is going to be a no-brainer. What gets you out of bed and excited about your business? The next deal. Yeah, it is next, but, but it's more of the what if. You know, what if I don't get out of bed? How am I cheating myself? How am I not fulfilling to my potential? You know, all my family, everybody came before me to put me in the spot that I'm in right now. And I want to make sure that I do the very best for them. My mom, her very first deal, she took five years before she invested with me. We're about to refinance that today. She put $400,000 into an investment that's now worth $1.6 million. And she's about to get a monster check in 45 days. That motivates the crap out of me. And being able to do that for her and to other people and to see, see, mom, I can do it. I really can do it. And I just did it for us. That just motivates me. That is, I'm so stoked. To be able to do that for an investor is one thing. To be able to do it to the woman that gave you everything is something. Oh my God, I think I got goosebumps on it. That That's awesome. Robert, how can the Aggie Growth Hacks family get in touch with you to support you moving forward? 
Absolutely. So listen, what we do is we buy rental apartment complexes and we need equity. We need to partner together and we will partner together and we'll buy these amazing institutional class assets, right? So if you want to, if that sounds interesting to you, where you're looking at a 3X return in a 10-year horizon, you got depreciation to offset those gains, you know, hit us up at investing at rockstar-capital.com. If you want just listen to me talk and free advice and videos, follow me on Instagram at apartment rockstar. All right, Ags, you, you heard it here. Follow me. Is Instagram, is that is that your uh, social media channel of choice? Yes, I love Instagram. I think it's great. We put all of our videos, our reels. So it's at Apartment Rockstar. Send me a DM. Let me know you heard me on the podcast. Maybe I can get you on the phone and see if we can, if we can help each other out. But to be able to have that open opportunity, Ags, to be able to learn from Robert. I mean, when Chris and I are t- going through this, I know we're both thinking that Robert realizes where he came from. And he realizes that it was education, it was other people that allowed him to learn. And I, I see that spirit of wanting to help other ags out and help them to achieve their goal and help them to convert their good life into a great life. So, Robert, thank you so much for joining us. This has just uh, been so eye-opening and so amazing. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, Jens. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. So how about that, Ags? Was that pretty awesome or what? Robert was a mindful of knowledge. I mean, wow, that was pretty awesome. I had a ton of things that I wrote down here. What was your biggest takeaway, Greg? There was two that really struck me. One, he talked about wanting to make sure that he provides at least 51% of value for every relationship. So it's it's that go-giving attitude of just saying, look, I want to find partners and I want to have all these different types of relationships, but I want to make sure that I'm always giving more than I'm getting. And, and I think that especially in his world, he's talking a lot about equity investing in this asset and that asset and this class and that class, but really to always boil it down to say, look, I'm going to bring more value to you because that's the type of person that I am. That was so, so impactful. And then real quickly, the second thing that struck me was just his mindset, his ability to say, look, I am a, my own best resource. I am the unlimited potential. And so to have the mindset of saying, I'm going to continue to go to the moon. And and if I even if I miss that or shoot for the stars and then land on the moon, um, but his mindset of just constantly pushing himself and pushing his team and cheering them along and working with rock stars. So motivating and so, so cool. What about yourself? You know, just some of the stuff that we could absolutely learn from him, right? I thought, honestly, the coolest part was when he said that he was going to be able to get his mom you know, oh my all gosh, that money that back. Awesome. That was just that was so cool for her to invest. What was it, four hundred thousand to get back one and a half million? Is just wow! What a return on investment. But on the business side of things, I think that it kind of goes along with your mindset thing of his drive. Holy schmoly, man! His drive is like he wasn't, and and he said it several times. He was not willing to settle for good. Right. He could, he could have, we could all have that good life, we, you know, and, and he just wasn't wanting that good life of on the cul-de-sac barbecues with his buddies. He wanted to be in river Oaks. He wanted to be a billionaire. Right. And you know, he's not stopping at this point. Right. He's saying that he wants to go to a billion uh, dollars in valuations and, and then 7 billion eventually. I mean, that's huge. And that takes a lot of drive for one person to be able to push an entire company forward like that. And I think that is so cool for a kid from McAllen, Texas, right, that went to Texas A&M University to be worth $7 billion eventually is just mind-boggling. That's awesome. It's yeah. so, so cool and so motivating. 
And, and I love how he said that he gets up and he pushes himself so hard because he's letting himself down. It's not that I've got to go out and I need to get the cars. I need yeah. to get this. And I need the, the yeah. ego and all that. It's because I want to continue to push myself hard. And it's, it's a disservice. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll bet you he hasn't taken a vacation in 10 years because he yeah. doesn't see what he does every day as work. Right. It's so motivating. That's super cool. So cool. Yeah. Well, Ags, that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you reach out and that you connect with Robert, uh, Instagram being his social media platform of choice. But I also know he's fairly active on LinkedIn as well. So when you're out on socials, make sure that you connect with Chris and I. If we're not connected already, make sure that you check out the Aggie Growth Hacks Facebook group. And we continue this conversation there. And Ags, we just hope that you also check out aggiegrowthhacks.com where you'll not only be able to hear this episode but also our previous episodes and some of our other great content we also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor the mcferrin center for entrepreneurship at texas a&m university since 1999 the mcferrin center for entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for texas a&m if you're an aggie entrepreneur or a wantrepreneur head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash mcferrin well, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig'em.